Welcome to The Safe Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name's Kevin. And my name is Daniel. And this is episode 85, filmed in front of a live studio audience on February 22nd. They didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, Daniel? I'm doing quite all right, my, my dude. How are you doing? Uh, I, I'm, I'm all right. Yeah? yeah. I'm fine. How was your, how was your week? Uh, it was a week. Okay. There was stuff. I feel like uh, you, your week is always a, a nonstop stress collision. Yes. He- crashing headlong into the weekend where you can just yeah. finally relax on your belly and play video games and be yourself. Yeah, I, I had this epiphany. Like, so uh, Friday night, uh, I come home. I lay down and I was just like, man, now, now I'm starting to relax. I'm not thinking about stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I picked up, uh, I ordered off of the old Amazon the first volume of the Power Rangers comic that they're doing, the Mighty Morphin, which is like, a, it's been out for years mm-hmm. apparently, but it's this cool, it's not really a reboot, but it's a modernization but it's the original characters, so it was really good. And I started reading that, getting absorbed, mm. and then I start thinking to myself, now that I'm not a stress bomb, I'm like, man, I'm thinking about all the times I've been a fucking asshole this week, like just because I'm stressed and you don't even realize it. Wait, so reading the boom reboot of the Power Rangers, yeah, made you think about all the times you've been an asshole. I think it's a coincidence more so. It's it's more about the act that I'm finally like, oh, I'm losing myself. I'm losing the tension in okay. my back. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm laying down. And then finally it just comes to me going like, I had this little interaction at work where I fucking said, boo, 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 boo. oh, no, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, damn, I got to be better next week. But it's that's what happens, man. When you don't have like good release. Mm-hmm. Right, and I, I'm not getting any release. And you when you have saying? the anxiety too, you sit with it all week. You're like, "Fuck, did I really yeah. say that thing?" Yeah, you think about every interaction. Yeah, right? no, I know that for sure. Yeah, so that, that that that's what I was I was thinking about last night. Okay, I didn't play any video game. I watched Parasite though. Yeah, you did. You did. Yo, that was the shit. Also, can I say thank God Joker didn't win best best picture? Like, we already have Trump in office. I can't stand another fucking societal fall like that. <laughs> you can't stand another Joker winning something that doesn't deserve. Hell no. <laughs> okay hell no yeah i know a lot of people are mad about that one but um parasite seems like it was a worthy contender and and its win seemed rightful for for the sort of film it was a righteous win man it seemed like it's a it's a very poignant commentary on class warfare class disparities actually i wouldn't even say it's a warfare because there's no war right there's no war it's a disparity and Uh, then there's suffering if it were a war we would be like walking it onto billionaires front lawns and shitting on it with with the main through line being no matter how much you challenge the upper class the lower class still fails uh yeah but which is kind of wild there's another commentary about it being this kind of like give and take a parasitic almost symbiotic relationship that exists between the impoverished and the rich. It's super interesting. But oddly enough, if you don't know anything about this movie, and I won't spoil anything, it's actually better that you walk in not knowing. It is a funnier film than you might anticipate. The director himself called it a a tragic comedy. Interesting. It's a tragic film, but it's comedy. It is a comedy. I was surprised how funny it was for like a a lot of the portions, but then it would just hit you straight in the fucking face Mm. with how dark it was. And another film did that, actually, Daniel. It's called Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) It balanced its comedy with with pure sorrow. It was a tragic comedy, for sure. It was a tragic comedy. In two acts, because I don't even think there was a third act of that movie. Right. (laughs) Was there a third act? I think the third act was two minutes. Well, Well, it followed a standard Sonic game format where there's act one, act two, and then a boss fight. 
Did they? <laughs> what, sorry, was I asleep when it showed me Act One, Act Two? <laughs> I felt it in my my inner, inner okay, soul. Gotcha. I was like, oh, here here we go. Gotcha. Got you. One. Saw the blueprint. Um, no, so Parasite, I totally want to check out. It seems like a like a great film. There's actually a few like movie of the year contenders that I still want to see. Like 1917 is one of them. Yeah, I need to see that. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and then, eh, I don't really care. What's the other one? Doctor Sleep. No, we were talking about it earlier. What's Terminator, that? Dark Fate. All wrong choices. <laughs> detective Pikachu. No! <laughs> the Pikachu detective. No, I forget, actually. Okay. Doesn't exist. Anywho, um, you know, before we got a, we got started here, I need, let's do some preamble for the sure. kids at home, right? Sure, warm up the Because any episode, even though we've done 108 of these, actually a little bit more, I think, right? It's like 106. 106. Yeah, who's counting anymore? <laughs> it's certainly not yeah. the bean counters, all right? Because there's no money to be had. I'll say the investors are not keeping track of we're us anymore. We're the impoverished. We are punching up at the rich podcast. Yeah, we're punching <laughs> up at the kind of funnies and the fun houses of the world. <laughs> we got to sneak into their podcast, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and slowly subvert yeah. them it's great but 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 we are the save room and if you didn't know we are the only gaming podcast that has a weak mindset because it is just a game it is just a game it's just a podcast no, what what <laughs> you can find us on soundcloud.com slash the save room show but if not there then where well spotify itunes stitcher google play and I brought it back, Castbox. Hey! I called him up. I called him up. I called Jimmy Castbox and said, "Hey." I just felt stupid. We have this review of Sonic, right, that we put out, and I wanted to get it on. There's a lot of overlap between Castbox listeners yeah. and people that like the dumb, dumb, dumb Sonic games. So I decided that yeah, let's get it on there. Okay. Real dumb. It's like, it's like a Venn diagram where it's like huge, huge overlap. <laughs> That's fair. Do you die a little on the inside? I, I think, think I. I don't care anymore. You Honestly, care. like I just kind of shut it out. I've inoculated uh, you to my Sonic hate. It's <laughs> it's just white noise at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. And it's it's. So when we sat down to do this this podcast, uh, I I made him listen to ten straight minutes of just Sonic themes. Why? What, what were you great. What were you gonna prove? What were you gonna I prove? was just trying to show you some of the cool themes that I really enjoyed, and you had none of it. You're like, uh, yeah, I wish this was like Mega Man. I wish this were Mega Man. Yeah. I wish this were Castlevania. I said, I yeah. wish this were any of the other like 16-bit era uh, themes that are to them that are really good. good. Yeah. Now, what, what was good? I said, and then we listened to them, and they were good. Uh, there was no. It's not even me saying that these other themes from other games and 8-bit, 16-bit, and onward are not great. It's just I think Sonic is good. And you, for some reason, in every fiber of your being, will not let me have that. I'll let you have it. I'm not going to agree that they're good. You did this to me today, by the way. Let's let side branch, right? You mentioned we were for some fucking reason we got into a conversation about the Last Guardian. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't know why we had to go there, but we did. We were talking about Blue Point, right? We Blue, were Blue Points. Uh, they might have a launch title for PS5, and we we're like, "What's it going to be?" And people are like, "Metal Gear." I'm like, no, idiot! It's not going to be Metal Gear. Are you joking? <laughs> are you joking? Well, yeah, and you're talking about okay. Well, what if they remade like Ico? Yeah, what if like, they did Ico? I was like, that'd be fine. Like that, as long as they like kind of redo the controls, like they kind of did for Shadow of the Colossus. And then we got on a, t- a talk about Last Guardian, where I was like, I feel like. If you remove the mechanics of the game from it and just view it as strictly like a narrative or like a viewing experience, it's a great story. It's very gripping and, and like heart heart wrenching. And uh, you were like, that that game sucks. There's nothing emotional about it. Like, I would never say a game sucks unless it were Shenmue three. This game, I was just like, I I can't I can't give you that it's good. I can't I okay. can't give you that it's good Sorry. in any imagination because I remember saying I actively try to forget that I played that game. Yep. 
because it it suffers from the problem that a lot of uh, those artistic kind of titles from that studio are, which is I play them and I go, why do the controls feel ten years dated? Yeah, and it like it that game should have came out early PS3. That's the right time and spot for it. But it came out like what mid stage, late stage PS4, right? Or no, I would say mid stage. Yeah, it was 2016. I think 2016. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was just kind of like, uh, this feels dated. The controls aren't very good, but man, look, look at this cat dog go. Look at him go. <laughs> look at Trico. him go. Trico jump. Yeah, I beat it. I gave it yeah. my all. I gave it my all. There's a trophy for watching it take a leak. Did I miss out on that one? Uh, probably. I hope. Hey, you, can I borrow it now? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't think there's anything I could do to convince you to load that game back Piss up play. into your... Piss play is definitely what gets me back into <laughs> a game, right? <laughs> you know, I'm on that Death Stranding and, and kick. Anthropomorphic piss play. <laughs> yeah. The... Okay. That's honestly what Sonic needed more of. Like, Sonic just taking a leak on uh, Robotnik or somebody. They didn't give him a dick, though. They did not give that him That is dick. actually one of the things that bothered me about that film. I was like, where is this dangle? Yeah, they had it, I think, in the original design, but they thought let's take it out it was no. big in the original it design huge. it was humongous yeah. right it was like a fucking third leg right but it, it looked weird with the original movie design because like his his teeth are like chittering the entire time and he's just swinging dong he looks like a cannibal from the forest it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> what is this show even i don't know but i need to talk to you about another thing before we get in the news because sure. we have like a, we have a, light, a little bit of a lighter episode yeah uh this week depending i don't know we're already getting off on a fucking bad start but whatever 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 i want to talk to you about what something that's been circulating around uh, a Mr. Tyler Blevins decided to open his mouth and the world, for some reason, listened. I don't know that name. Oh, you may know him as Ninja. Oh, that name I know. Right. Mm. The guy who made Fortnite, I, I think. <laughs> yeah, he made Fortnite in dreams. <laughs> Mixer's champion himself. Uh, Ninja decided to tweet out something, and I have the full quote here, and it's pretty much incensed a large audience and is emboldened other people who absolutely agree with him. But let's just go with the content here, right? So he says... The phrase, it's just a game, is such a weak mindset. You're okay with what happened, losing, imperfection of a craft. When you stop getting angry after losing, you've lost twice. There's always something to learn, and always room for improvement. Never settle. He didn't say it quite like that, but the tone was definitely there. I mean, it was a tweet. I don't yeah. know that, yeah. like... But the, there, there was, was a also follow. a video. There, there was a video. <laughs> Do you want me to jump into the video? I can play it for you. <laughs> you want me to play it? So actually, the video is worse than the tweet. The video is worse than the tweet, and it's like he he doubled down with the tweet to kind of justify what he was yeah. saying, and it didn't make it any better. It was kind of shitty. Do you want to hear it? Sure. You want to hear it? All right. Yeah, we're going to see if this comes right. through. Okay. I don't know if we're going to get it. Oh, hang on. If anyone ever uses the excuse, it's just a game, I'm going to lose my mind. Imagine telling LeBron James, Tom Brady, <laughs> LeBron that when, James. That they're, when they're... When they're off after losing a game that it's just a game like i'm gonna lose like are you kidding me you're so stupid it's about it's the competitive nature bro it's about respect bro it's about pride it's so much bigger than a video game and anyone that ever uses the excuse it's just a game is a horrible human being okay <laughs> there we go that's that's the winner that's a horrible crowd. human being it's sorry. lazy sorry guys you're a horrible human being just because you think it's just a game. And here's the thing, like, for somebody like him who has dedicated his video game career to competitive play, for sure, for him, it's more than just a game. It's his life. It's career. It's a discipline. It's something that he has to dedicate his time and energy and, and schedule to, much like 
any craft, like art, music, football, anything like that, you know? So for him, it is more than just a game, but it's just like when you put it out there in such a blanket statement, it's dangerous. You look like an asshole. You look like an asshole. You look like an asshole, and basically. That's the, here's the thing about the internet, too. You know, people latch onto words and they take it so to heart. Like, there are people who are taking this seriously. They're like, yeah, he's right. Yeah, so many people are in there going like, truth. Like, what, truth? Dude, it's a competitive game. I get that. Yeah. I get where he's coming from. I think if he framed it in a different light to yeah. what he... What, yeah. No, I don't think he meant to say this, but a different competitor who didn't have peroxide fucking leaking into their brain from their goddamn die. Yeah. He <laughs> you would say as a pro gamer, you know, to have a mindset that it's just a game, you know, might not encourage growth because mm-hmm. you got to think about your losses because that's what you're doing. You're I'm trying to be a pro gamer or trying to get a career off the or make a career. Yeah. He's made his millions off of the fact that he's good at fucking Fortnite. Okay? Mm-hmm. I I get that. I like that sentiment. Never forget your losses. Never forget your losses, yeah. but here's the thing. Have a little fucking perspective. Not everybody playing Fortnite is out there to become the next peroxide head. Okay? Like, they're <laughs> they're just there to have fun. Maybe it's the only game that all of their friends have, and it's free, mm. and that's the only time you get to get together. Yeah, so for true. somebody in your chat to be, like, fucking shouting at you, going, like, we lost this, you fucking idiot. You're just like, dude, I'm not having fun. That's just not how I engage with yeah. it. So it's like, you don't speak for all gamers. You definitely don't speak for all gamers. Well, he speaks for at least, like, 1.1 million gamers. No, oh, God, I hope not. Right. I hope not here. That, that's the thing that I got to thinking about, too, which is, you know, I know Ninja. I, I well, I don't know him personally. Mm. I, God forbid. Right. But I know Ninja. And I think about why do I know Ninja? It's not because, oh, he's a charismatic figure in the gaming space uh-huh. or he's an inspiration or he's he, he's uh, on podcast talking to people and stuff. No, I know him because he plays one fucking game. That's how I know Ninja. Yeah. Like, I, no one has ever gone out of the way to be like, oh, yeah, he's a real good guy. And then, like, listen to his, it's about respect, bro. Like, shut the fuck up. He's one of those influencers, too. And it sucks at this point we have to reset the ca- the calendar, you know, where it's like, you know, in factory settings where it's like days without incident. And then you're like, oh, we got to wipe the fucking the slate back to zero. It, the influencer incident slate where it's like he's the first influencer of 2020 to say something like this. Now it's like, fuck, we got to reset the, the timer. I mean, like, th- this is far better than, like, you know, some of the shit that Pew. Pie has but dribbled out of his mouth. He's also gone on to say, like, I don't stream with women, I don't do this. Like, he, he has such a platform that he could use in a way that would be very positive for people. And I don't, don't get me wrong, I do think he does good things and he's, he's donated money and time to, like, you know, good causes, obviously. But he also uses his platform in weird ways to where he says a thing that is nuanced or comes across as very binary one way or the other, huh? and it could be perceived as very toxic, and the wrong sort of people could latch on to that and, and run with that. Like, yeah, fuck yeah. I don't need to stream with women. Fuck yeah. You, if you think it's just a game, you're a weak-ass pussy bitch. And it's just Whoa. like, Ninja, you gotta think about the weight of your words. Because like your plat- you have a platform that not a lot of people have, and you need to use it responsibly. He's not a very good role model. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. I don't expect him to use it responsibly. I don't. Like, I, here's what I, I don't use think my, he can. I, don't I think use my capable. platform to say things like, hey, the Sonic music from the games is good. Yeah, yeah that's all sure I do. use it for. Yeah, that's but, your, that's you know, your when touchy you have opinion there. A broadcast platform of over yeah. millions of people, huh? like, I don't know, be better with it. That, that's all. He's not going to be better with it. He legitimately thinks that, you know? And I, I don't fault him for where he's coming sure. from with why he thinks that. But at the same time, to call people weak or horrible people, like, that they could just go, like, hey, it's just a game. Like, who the fuck? Why do you feel so attacked, millionaire, that made their millions off of playing one game? 
Why do you feel so attacked? Yo, You're winning. He? You're winning, Ninja. Shut he, the fuck up. He's literally winning. He's getting endorsements. <laughs> he's doing all this shit. He literally yeah. helped launch a brand new fucking streaming platform. Do you, do you think what it is, is is that he's getting touchier in his old age? Because he's already aged out beyond the esports bracket, right? I think like 23 and you're considered a dinosaur. My dude's like 28, 29. Yeah, he's pushing 30, right? Yeah. Do you think like Doritos is like, we got to pull out, Ninja? Uh, I don't. I don't think we can. <laughs> we can't put your head on a on a bag of Cool Ranch no more. <laughs> so I wanna I wanna pull out um, a counter argument that I like because I like this this guy a lot, Jimmy Wong on Twitter. Yeah, he, Jimmy Wong's he, great. He's an actor. He's got a lot of presence in the gaming sphere. He does a lot of voice work. He's gonna be in the new live action Mulan his, movie. His production company. Oh, I'm thinking of. Um... No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But so he kind of quote tweeted it back and he was like, I don't know, man. I settle for a loss all the time when I'm having a fun time playing with teammates or friends. Does it mean I settle more in my regular life? Not at all. Perhaps even the opposite. I'd avoid calling anything a weak mindset so broadly. This just feels toxic. And it's, that's right. Like it's just the, the blanket terminology he's using. It's, well, I get where he's coming from with it. It's just like, it could have been worded a little better, mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. all. Yeah, exactly. Could have been worded better, but my dude does not have the wherewithal to word it better. And that's why I think, like, he's not a very good role model to have. Do you think that happens with certain influencers where you just get so off the ground and, like, from from where you started that you can't relate in those simple terms and, like, you feel like everything that you say and do is you're self-righteous with it. Like, it's because you know it to be Mm -hmm. true, you know? And you're so far above all these other people on your platform that, like, the the words of the the millions can't reach you because you feel justified and right. Yeah, I think you know? if you're if you feel like you're above anybody, uh, you're already a piece of shit and you're wrong, right? Like you you need to have that humility in your mind, mm-hmm. right? Like you have a fan base, you have an audience mm-hmm. that supports you, and to just think like, oh, you know, I'm above it, and I'm just gonna yeah. binarily just tell you exactly what is and what mm-hmm. isn't. Why do you think just because you've had success it makes you right? Mm-hmm. No, that's not true. You right? had success with a free battle royale game that's still in beta like yeah when's that play a real game <laughs> why don't we push epic for a release date yeah. <laughs> use your use your platform to push for a release date ninja. push for a release date we now, need to finish fortnite i don't know the guy like i really don't and yeah. i only know certain influencers and instances where they get called out for shit and they get put you know in the spotlight for saying something wrong or i don't know and it's just like i don't know him chances are he is a good dude and maybe he just gets caught in these moments where he's saying things that you know a heated gamer moment a heated gamer moment but i I don't know i i don't i i do know it's like we should stop paying attention to him we've already given him too much too much lip service on this episode edit it all out here's the thing if like we stop giving him attention he's not going to disappear you know he might uh what's his like, name like logan ooh. paul's still there no oh that's true that's true <laughs> no but like freddy krueger uh-huh. he became less powerful because people forgot about him oh, okay. that was the whole point in jason versus freddy other way around freddy versus jason <laughs> <laughs> is this what's gonna happen like one night i'm just gonna fall asleep and like ninja's just gonna fucking crawl down from my ceiling like freddy krueger and like try and murder me <laughs> he's gonna make me fucking spout blood out of my mattress no it's gonna be mountain dew shoots out of your mattress <laughs> gamers rise <sighs> finish the fight yeah. Fortnite. <laughs> anyway daniel let's get into this actual gamer news because that was that was illegitimate (laughs) that certainly was illegitimate uh i have five items on here for you my friend one for each finger what one for each finger (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Number one, sir, and I know this excites you. Sure. It sure excites me. Eli Roth is directing the Borderlands movie. Why? <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> this is going to be my masterpiece. <laughs> Come on. Lionsgate confirmed that Eli Roth, the horror filmmaker behind Cabin Fever, Hostel, and The Green Inferno, will helm the film adaptation of Borderlands, which has been in development since 2015. Really? Five years? Yeah. Okay, wow. I mean, what, what does in development mean beyond just like, yeah, we got the rights? It, yeah, they've been talking about it. <laughs> what do you want to do? Much like the Uncharted movie has been in development for fucking... You know, twenty years. Tom Holland says it's gonna it's gonna start filming in four weeks, and I'm like, will you be the only one on set, sir? <laughs> <laughs> so gamers know Gearbox Software's franchise well, considering that it sold about 57 million units across its three main installments, spin-offs, and re-releases. With a screenplay by Chernobyl's writer Craig Mazin and producing duties being handled by Arad Productions, Lionsgate hopes to introduce Borderlands to a whole new audience under Roth's direction. Mm. Lionsgate president. President Nathan Kahane told Deadline, quote, With Eli's vision and Craig's screenplay, we believe we have cracked the code on bringing the anarchic <laughs> world of Borderlands to the big screen in a big way that will be a fresh, compelling, and cinematic event for moviegoers and fans of the game, end quote. I love that he probably has this, like, a copy pasta, mm-hmm. like, sitting on his laptop or, like, in his notebook. Yeah. <laughs> and basically says, uh, what fucking adaptation? Ooh, ooh, not, not 303. Uh, oh, Borderlands today. <laughs> And just threw that shit in there. Other contenders were Devil May Cry. (laughs) Exactly. The gore auteur himself, Eli Roth, shared his enthusiasm for the project by saying, quote, I'm so excited to dive into the world of Borderlands, and I could not be doing it with a better script, producing team, and studio. I have a long, successful history with Lionsgate. I feel like we have grown up together, and that everything in my directing career has led to a project of this scale and ambition. I look forward to bringing my own energy, ideas, and vision to the wild, fun, and endlessly creative world of the game. Randy Pitchford and everyone at Gearbox have been incredibly supportive of my ideas. It really feels like a perfect storm of creators coming together. We are out to make a new classic, one which the fans of the game will love, but also one which will find new audiences globally. End quote. What did new, he actually write that? What new audiences does Borderlands need? It's one of the most successful franchises of like the 2010s. Uh, everyone that doesn't give a shit about video games this is essentially what Hollywood thinks every time that they want to do a movie. But it's like this the cell shaded version of like GTA. People know about this game. The cell shaded version of GTA. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I think that's like five miles to the right of wrong on that. <laughs> no, just in terms of how prolific it is in the gamer space. Yeah, it's the gamer's game. We yeah. always talk about it. It's the gamer's game. Gamer's fight for borderlands you know for some reason they like the the haha fart jokes and the crazy i'm gonna ride my meat bicycle bah, 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 bah. when it comes to making movies that are marketable and such they fully understand that it's like ooh, we can't just depend on people that like the video game to show up in theaters because some of these people don't leave the house so how do we get this to a broader audience mm-hmm. when i hear like globally i'm just like you're just trying to get china on board yeah <laughs> like every time i'm just like because they're the ones that are the main market right mm-hmm. they're the only reason that we uh, have 15 Transformers films. It would have died after part two if it was just like US box office to spend on. That would have been fine. I would have uh, I would have loved to see a day where I didn't have to watch them like hang glide through a city for 45 minutes <laughs> in Dark of the Moon. Yo, part three had that. It really was like an hour and 45 minutes of Chicago
Chicago getting destroyed. What were they doing? I was just like, damn, dude, you don't got any city left, man. <laughs> Stop it. Anyway. Anyway, how do you feel about a Borderlands the film? Well, if it's Eli Roth and it's Borderlands and it's trying to capture the essence of everything about it, this film's undoubtedly going to be rated R. Uh-huh. So... I, you you hit a, a barrier with that too, where it's like you can only reach so many people with a rated R movie as it is. And granted, you could still have global success with a thing like that, but I do think certain markets do kind of shy away from from gore in ways where it's like you look at traditional Eastern markets in ways like um, uh, Japan is very Japan. touchy about decapitations. Yeah, in films, so and they censor games like Resident Evil Four. So is this movie gonna get mad censored like when you bring it to other markets across the world? Because like undoubtedly you have to go full cocked with a movie like this and Mm -hmm. do everything you would do in the game. It has to be gore. There has to be fucking insane shootouts. Explosions. There has to be explosions. People fucking just body parts flying everywhere. It has to be like (laughs) the video gamified version of Mad Max's Fury Road, basically. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like it's going to hit a a wall when you try and get out of America because like, you know... Maybe, maybe not. I mean, Deadpool found massive success, and it was rated R, it was gory, it was butthole humor, and the whole bit. In fact, I would not be surprised that the blueprint for a rated R movie of this magnitude is Deadpool. They tried it with Birds of Prey. Yeah. You know? So That's true. I, I, I think it'll do fine, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, will the movie be good is more of a concern in mind. I don't care if they make money or not. Fuck them, right? <laughs> but will it be good? Will it be worth your time? And how can they make it something that it's like not just derivative of the games, but mm. inspired by and maybe even transcends in some way because it's using cinema in a way that the games can't? What can they do for you, Daniel? Honestly, nothing, because it's like, I don't need another story about four would-be vault hunters that we're just going to fucking, you know, shy away from when we make a sequel. Yeah. Um, I think, like, he brings a lot to the table in terms of visuals. Like, I think the gore will be there. He'll do some cool death scenes and this and that. I just don't think he's a very witty or clever writer in a lot of regards. And that's where, like, Borderlands often shines and how, like, snappy some of the jokes are and how clever it is and, like, the way, like, some of the... The, the humor is obviously really dumb, but some of it's smart as hell. Like, can you bring that to the script? So do you think script? Do you think he, his advantage here is that he's not writing Borderlands? He's not. It's oh. the guy that did Chernobyl. Oh, that's right. <laughs> hmm. So he's just, hey, I'm just guiding this mayhem. I actually think I couldn't have picked a better director in my mind, or yeah. at least something that's worth another director's time yeah <laughs> to be honest with you like like what are you gonna do get uh, De- dennis uh view who directed um blade runner 2049 and the upcoming dune to do fucking borderlands i'd be like no. i'd be like hey hey dennis it's, it's okay <laughs> no I, I honestly do think like he's both an interesting and probably the best choice for it because yeah, probably. like probably his caliber of work shows that he can do out there things and it's just we've never seen him do a video game adaptation no no know? never he has done an adaptation the clock the house with the clocks in the wall starring mm. Jack Black. I was reading about it and I had it in the back of my head that the movie bombed for some reason, but I looked and it was a huge success, especially internationally. And this is probably why he was a top pick, right? They're like, yeah, he's got a horror background. He's worked with Lionsgate since Cabin Fever. Yeah. And he just had an international hit. Fucking give him Borderlands. This might be the right time in his career for him to take something on like this. Sure. Almost like that uh, James Gunn moment, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody knew James Gunn before Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. In fact, when he was picked for it, people were like, 
Who? What? Yeah, the, the PG porn guy? guy? The guy who did Slither? And I was like, the guy who did Slither? Yeah, they, that would get you fucking <laughs> no, it excited. Got me, it got me slithering, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, this, this could be his moment. But my expectations going into the film are no more than it's going to be an irreverent Mad Max. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's honestly all I could see it being. So you could like, only surpass my expectations at this point mm-hmm. for a Borderlands film, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't expect him to bring anything new to it. I just expect him to bring the world's life to the, the big screen. And, like, it can be fun. Yeah. I Do I need this? No. No. Do I want to see his wife play a siren? Hell Yeah. I've never seen his wife. Uh, she was in Green Inferno. She was. I've in... never seen Green Inferno. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, what's her name? Lorenzo Izzo, I think. She's in like a few of his later movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, but I for trust the, you. But for the most part, like I'm not a huge. Is Eli- it sorry? Is it a is it a Sherry Moon zombie situation where like she just gets like into the the cast for no reason? No, well, she's like the main star in most of these movies. Like, no she was the main shit. chicken in Green Inferno, and then Knock Knock, the movie with Keanu Reeves. Didn't see that. Yeah, she's in that one as well. Um, There's a lot of Eli Roth films I have not seen. I've seen a lot, and it's crazy because I actually don't. I think he's a fine director, but his style's not always for me. Like Hostel's okay. Yeah. Hostel 2 is better. Yeah, Cabin Fever is just kind of like, I know you really like it. I loved it when I was younger. Mm. I have since gone back and went like, oh, this is definitely a high school Kevin film. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I don't know. We'll see what happens with it, to be honest. Like, because we're in this age where like video game adapta- adaptations are doing crazy and new things and the that sort of cinema is moving forward. So, you know, I'm going in with a low bar and in the <laughs> least you'll get me in the seat and maybe it'll be a fun time. You know? I, I'm going with actually... I changed my original opinion. I mm. have high expectations. You know why? Mm. Randy Pitchford is an executive producer on this film. That means this bitch is going to be magic. This bitch is going to open, you know, like the old school movie setups where like they would begin with like a, not even just a double feature, but like performance or something in the beginning to kind of warm up the audience. Like Randy Magic is, <laughs> Randy Magic, Randy, <laughs> Randy Pitchford is going to go to the opening night and actually do like a fucking peacock room magic display for everybody before the, the movie starts. <laughs> oh, I would love that. Yeah. It'll be something. <laughs> Can we make that happen? I want to do that. Randy, we're, we're calling you. We need R- this. Randy. <laughs> it, what if it says at the beginning, from Peacock Productions? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to a number two on here, sir. Sony has opted out of PAX East 2020 due to COVID-19 concerns. This kind of is a follow-up on our last news episode where we mm-hmm. talked about uh, there being big manufacturing delays in the video game industry because of COVID-19 outbreak. But, so here's what's going on. The House of PlayStation announced that it won't be attending PAX East next week due to concerns regarding the novel strain of coronavirus known now as COVID-19. In an update to their original blog post detailing the titles Sony intended on showing off at PAX East, the company wrote, quote, Sony Interactive Entertainment made the decision to cancel its participation at PAX East in Boston this year due to increasing concerns related to COVID-19, also known as novel coronavirus. I wrote all of that up above. I could have just used their statement. (laughs) We we felt this was the safest option as the situation is changing daily. We are disappointed to cancel our participation in this event, but the health and safety of our global workforce is our highest concern. End quote. 
The annual event is the East Coast Extension of Penny Arcade Expo, which began in Seattle, Washington. What, what? PAX East expects to operate business as usual in Boston from February 27th to March 1st. In a statement provided to GamesBeat, event director Kyle Marsden Kish expressed sadness over Sony's withdrawal, but welcomes their participation at future PAX events. Mm. He also detailed precautionary measures ReadPop, the show's organizers, are taking. Quote, PAX East 2020 will take place as scheduled with enhanced cleaning and sanitization across the show, including adhering to the recommendations set forth in the U.S. EPA's Emerging Pathogen Policy regarding cleaning disinfectants effective against the COVID-19 virus. We are working closely with the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center and following local, state, and federal public health guidelines, including those issued by the CDC. Now, also, I want to mention this isn't the only company that's backed out. Mm-hmm. The Final Fantasy XIV development team has actually followed suit and canceled their plans for PAX East. Mm-hmm. While Square Enix will still be present at the show, don't worry, staff from Japan will not be traveling to Boston. A spokesperson uh, from the team actually wrote on their site, quote, This difficult decision was based on our desire to prevent any potential spread of the virus and prioritize the health and safety of our teams and our fans, end quote, which is kind of mm-hmm. the general consensus. Basically, traveling is the crux mm-hmm. here right and because i i think in my mind if sony wanted to be there booth was paid for mm-hmm. everything was set up and they had this huge announcement of games in fact that was supposed to be the first time that the public got their hands on the last of us part two yeah and that got all uh canceled so there's disappointment there but at mm-hmm. the same time yo keep your people safe mm-hmm. i respect that more than anything let's keep our workers safe we are concerned about them traveling we're concerned about them coming into contact with something mm-hmm. So there we go. No, no go. And yeah. GD, it's happening to, so game developer, sorry, the game developer conference is happening, I think next month. Uh-huh. And a lot of, um, a lot of uh, Eastern companies are saying, yeah, we can't be there. Mm. It's a big thing. It's I wonder if concern. we're going to see the same thing with Gamescom whenever that happens. Yeah. Because I imagine this is going to have a long tail. Like this isn't something that's just going to go over, yeah. go away overnight. We're going to keep seeing stories of like fatality rates rising and companies having to pull out of things because they're valuing, you know, company safety or people's safety more than going to a demo show, you know? Yeah. Which I totally appreciate. Right. Yeah. Like, like nobody's like, yeah, no, you gotta go to Boston. First mm-hmm. of all, it sucks in Boston this time of year. I've done that show many times. Mm-hmm. God, it's so cold and frigid and mm. awful, and everyone's so angry and, and upset. You're bound to go there and die of the Pax Pox anyway. Yeah, so, like it's gonna get you. It's gonna tear you up. Mm. That that's another thing that actually gave me a little bit of a uh, little pang because I uh, my previous job before I became a program manager was that I worked at conventions mm. and set up pop up shops selling merchandise. So the people that, remember. The people know. Yeah. The people know where Kevin's from, <laughs> and I I was at these big events and I would I would come home sick a lot of the times because yeah, it was just like it's not that you're just touching people randomly it's that you're in an enclosed space Mm -hmm. you're fucking rubbing elbows with people and for me i was handling money yeah so it's like anything could be on money Mm -hmm. the dollar flew the dollar flew from the division that could have happened right so you have a higher likelihood of getting sick and i was just like yo do i want to go to any conventions this year and i was thinking like probably not if the concern is there right and i'm thinking if like if literally the companies that are supposed to go to these conventions are like what do you think it's a bad idea mm-hmm. why is it a good idea for attendees yeah i wonder if you're gonna have attendees backing out of that too you know probably actually i didn't put the full statement but uh kyle the 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 
event director mm-hmm. literally said like oh also our pax badges are like non-refundable blah, blah, blah. Oh, shit. <laughs> like of course yeah <laughs> of course they're not like this early out right i'm sure sony's not getting their money back for the space that they paid for they'll eat it that's fine they'll eat it they haven't had a physical presence in like the last 12 months anyway so it's like whatever <laughs> <laughs> they're saving all that money from uh god i even forgot the name of their show pa- psx it? yeah it's been so long. I we my, forgot. My mouth couldn't shape the words. <laughs> you had a PS5 shaped marble in your mouth that you couldn't talk around. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, but that's um, scary, dude. It's no, scary it is. For sure. Especially with a, a virus that is very airborne and like people are so susceptible to catching it. A little bit. It's like it's a voracious virus. Yeah. Too. Oh yeah. It spreads. It spreads fast, mm. quick. And hits your respiratory system, right? Yeah. Hell, even people wearing masks, it's less so. So it's less about you not capture, like getting the virus, and more so about anybody who is infected keeping it in. Yeah, that's crazy to think about, right? Ugh. So it's we're gonna see a lot more of this sure. for sure. I've been hearing rumors of other companies saying they're backing out of packs as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw something online about Capcom not wanting to go because they're just like, nah, it's just not a good time, right? Not worth it. It's not you worth know, it. They yeah. can spend that time keeping their, their workers and people safe and working on things. And I don't know, maybe shifting to other presences in terms of like getting their stuff out there, like, you know, video conferences, stuff of that nature. You know, nothing nothing you have to show for video games is that important to like risk people's lives. I'm sorry, it's just not, Mm-mm. you know, Mm-mm. like we can wait, we can be patient. I know there are people who are like probably flippant over the idea that like sony is not going to be there that these people are pulling out but it's just like be reasonable wait you know? are you saying they're just games i'm just saying it might be a weak mindset to some i'm sorry but they're just games you know <sighs> i know i know i've dishonored influencers everywhere by saying that. <laughs> every single one of them all of them are prickled Shun right the non-believer <laughs> they're, they're the peroxide's leaking <laughs> but i think we're gonna keep seeing like yeah. industry-wide echo effects from from this outbreak uh in a lot of ways for sure people pulling out of events delays in manufacturing rising in cost for one reason or another and like this is going to be a thing that has such impact on the global stage and we're just going to keep hearing more about it in the, the coming weeks yeah. for sure yeah i think this so is too. far from over yeah i guess that's the one thing and it's not even like not trying to be sensationalist about it mm. this will continue you'll mm. continue to hear about this right until you don't until it's contained, until mm-hmm. something changes, right? I think what China released a statement saying, like, oh, it's going to go away by the summer. How? Yeah. What? What are you doing? Yeah, what are you, what are you doing? You're putting your doctors in, like, jail. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, wait, 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 wait a second. It's like, no, the, the sun will come out. <laughs> What's the sun going to do? The sun hates viruses. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it'll bake it. Yeah, okay, sure. It'll bake a virus. My thing is, do we think this is going to impact the release schedules for, like, um ps5 and other like console manufacturers uh i i don't know um are we gonna see maybe what we thought would be okay sony's gonna push like five million units at launch that they have ready but maybe it cuts down by like you know a fifth you know maybe there's only like a a million available because of this i would place my bets on yes okay uh if you had to ask me i don't know for sure Mm -hmm. they could have they could have been shoring up manufacturing in different ways and i mean we're talking about gigantic 
uh, corporations here, mm-hmm. they have backup strategies, right? They're of not going to like rely on one factory or what have you. But yeah, a lot of manufacturing comes out of China, and that's where the impact is. So it stands to reason that we might, you know, even if we do have PS5 and Xbox Series X hit their release dates, there might be shortages mm-hmm. for sure. You know, uh, Nintendo's already kind of suffering or hemorrhaging in the East right now for mm-hmm. Switch units. So I think that's a very, very, very real possibility. But I mean, whatever, right? We mm-hmm. talked about it before. Whatever, people need to be safe people need to protect themselves video games don't matter as much ninja so (laughs) and on the point of the switch like you know most americans own 1.5 switch console units anyway so like you know (laughs) it doesn't matter a a switch per room (laughs) basically uh let's do a switcher switch a rooster over here uh number three on this magical list is that a sonic theme that i'm not aware of it's duel the fates you herb Okay, good, good, because I actually thought it sounded pretty good, so that's how I knew it couldn't be Sonic. Anyway, number three on here. EA canceled a Star Wars game we didn't even know about. EA Sports. It's just a game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I like this episode already. Having interviewed six anonymous sources close to the project, Kotaku's Jason Cancel Crier Schreier reports that EA silently canceled an open world Star Wars game last spring. I knew I felt a disturbance in the force. <laughs> the unannounced title was given the code name Viking, and EA executives wanted it for a 2020 release right alongside next gen consoles in order to, quote, fill a financial hole, end quote. I want to fill my hole with video games. God, I knew you for would say sure. it. I knew you would say yeah. it. Using leftover assets from Ragtag, the Uncharted likes. Star Wars project Amy, uh, sorry, Amy Hennig was working on with Visceral Games, EA Vancouver envisioned Viking as a spin-off of the Battlefront games, but with open-world elements. Eventually, Criterion Games, the studio behind the Burnout series and a handful of actually good Need for Speed games, was brought on board to lead the project. If that sounds weird to you, they've actually uh, extended their scope to games that are not about racing okay. <laughs> in recent years. Anyway... But with Criterion located in London, England, Schreier writes that, quote, the logistical challenges of cross-country game development made that a difficult proposition, end quote. According to one source, development became a situation of, quote, too many cooks, end quote, and Criterion's high ambitions for the game meant that it would never hit a fall 2020 release. However, EA leadership wasn't interested in giving the project any more time, so Viking was canceled. Instead, EA has two other Star Wars games in the oven, according to Jason. One is a sequel to Last Fall's Jedi Fallen Order, and the other is, quote, a smaller, more unusual project at EA Motive, end quote. To date, EA's canceled three Star Wars projects under its wing. The previously mentioned Ragtag, a title codenamed Orca, which uh, EA Vancouver was also doing, and now Viking. Sorry, man. I know you're waiting for all these. I was waiting for all those. Which one was 1313? Who did that? That was actually LucasArts. It was LucasArts? Okay. Yeah. Mm. I listened to a previous episode of ours where you said that uh, 1313 was being made by EA. (laughs) And I I said to myself, no! I forget sometimes. No, we don't have a year wrong! Oh, no. Sorry, I'm a video game enthusiast. I'm not a game journalist. I forget. Sorry, guys. It's just a game. I I had to turn it off. I actually pulled off the side of the hideway and I just kind of stood there for a while. Mm. Just like soul searching you pulled out a bottle of whiskey from under your fucking seat and you just started pounding it you know like, I, I gotta it. work with this guy i keep it up i keep it in my big gulp actually uh, sure. the, the whiskey very <laughs> little, american little slurpy little whiskey gets me through my work day okay 
Sure. So a game that we didn't know about is uh, canceled. Okay. <laughs> it could have it could have stayed unreported, and we would never have known. Been is ignorance bliss? Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> really? You know? Um. I. I guess I don't know. I. It's one of those things where, first of all, this mm. happens every fucking day in game development. Mm-hmm. Games that sound cool on paper get canceled because it doesn't come together for a litany of reasons. Yeah. It sounded like in this instance, EA just really wanted to squeeze out a game really fast. Mm-hmm. That's probably why they're uh, tagging it to the Battlefront license, going like, oh, here's a side adventure just to have something out for new consoles mm-hmm. and then have a studio come back and be like, no, we have big ambitions for Star Wars. It's like, ah, fuck off. It's <laughs> basically what they said. <laughs> they already spun out a game pretty fast. It was called Jedi Fallen Order. Ooh, on that note, Respawn admitted that they got it out in November, even though they knew it was mm-hmm. pretty buggy just yeah, because they, they wanted to hit the holiday. They wanted to hit the holiday yeah. release day, right? I mean, fucking duh. We all knew that. Yeah, we knew that. So yeah. I, you know, I, I appreciate the transparency of them just saying, hey, this is what we ended up doing because it's very yeah. obvious. Yeah. Exactly. And I know, like, people get mad about that, and it's like, well, it's true. Like, they yeah. have overlords, like EA, going like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. You're going to hit that fall. You're going to hit that fall release date. Mm-hmm. Or else, or else what? Well, we canceled this other fucking project. <laughs> exactly. This is, like, the most non-newsy news item ever, where it's like, okay, any anything can come into fruition and then be canceled. Like, mm-hmm. any sort of development, you know. Uh, concepts for a music album movie development video game development like it's also tricky there's so many legs to the the stages of pre-production production getting anything greenlit so it's like somebody could have just had a thought for a star wars game and then they're like yeah let's do that no never mind we can't and i'm sure that happens every fucking day yeah yeah like, so well the worst part is it's not even that it ends with like a thought or a meeting this one went into production yeah this one had assets that they were trying yeah, exactly. to fucking salvage from a previous wreckage mm-hmm. right or actually it just sound like they didn't like the direction of that game instead of it being a wreckage from what i understand ragtag looked awesome oh yeah no i'm sure that game was going to be amazing but uh, quit trying to salvage a, a downed uh star destroyer and just let the past be the past you know if you wanted that game to happen you should have let it happen you know you should have kept mm. visceral alive you should have kept amy henning on board and and done what you're going to do with that or hmm. go to exegol mm-hmm. and just resuscitate a thousand star destroyers who's pot i don't know i don't know who's driving these bitches <laughs> they're floating and there's lightning everywhere think pete hines is in one of them i don't know why <laughs> Bobby Kotek is like the emperor. He's riding on one of them. <laughs> like, it doesn't even work for EA. It just makes sense. <laughs> He's the puppet master of everything. <laughs> I mean, um, do, so here, here's the question, though. Like, I'm hearing open world Star Wars game, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think back. Like, open world Star Wars games, maybe KOTOR a little bit, mm-hmm. but no recent examples of that kind of playing ground, right? Or that, that uh, playground for a title. Do, do you want that? Is that something that would be cool? An you know, o- an open world Star Wars game. Yeah, like w- a little GTA. You get onto your speeder, you go around, you you trick some star. Sorry, what what do they call them? Stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Do some Jedi mind tricks on them. I don't know why my brain's so soft in Star Wars. Like after the zeitgeist of 2019, I'm just like, ah, let's put Star Wars to bed for like yeah. a year. Like I don't need to hear anything about it. I, I feel like that happened to me between <laughs> the years of 2005 when Revenge of the Sith came out, and then when <laughs> Force Awakens came out in 2016, 2017, whenever that was, where I became a lap Star Wars fan. Yeah, and all of my knowledge just disappeared. And then I Gone. woke up one day a fan again. I'm like, wait, I did love all that stuff. What was that? one place called tattoo who it's true yeah all of it 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the idea of an open world Star Wars game could be exciting. It just depends on what they do with it. Like, not every game needs to be like needlessly open world. I get that. That was a a trend that developers were chasing for the longest time. Where mm-hmm. it's like make everything an open world game. Um, I do really kind of like Jedi Fallen Order's approach to it. Honestly, like I like a lot of the principles of that game. Like closed circuited open world you know back traversing all that sort of stuff you could do something like that and maybe mix in the dna of like kotar with it make it kind of like you know rpg light have dialogue options have a little more um control Mm. over what your character does other than you know playing as this main character that has a designated story you can do a lot with that but i don't need a needlessly open world star wars game just to have it you know i want to run over jawas <laughs> so you you want a GTA version of Star Wars? That's exactly what I you want. I want to run over Jawas. Okay, with my speeder. Boogie-key. And I want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I think it could be cool, but I think it's also one of those things where it seems like, oh, how do we make people feel like they're getting you know bang for their buck? Just make it open world, so they're stuck in the game for like thirty more hours than they need to be, right? Mm-hmm. I actually respect Jedi Fallen Order for being like, no, 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 it's a focused experience. You can go back when you need to, where you don't need to. Mm-hmm. Um, although I, I do tend to agree, it's like you know I haven't really seen an example in recent years of an open world Star Wars. If you could nail that concept, do it. Do I trust mm-hmm. EA to do it? Not really. Yeah, I actually think Ubisoft would make a more interesting open world Star Honestly, Wars than EA could because they have the formula down pat with like most of their franchises. That's our bread and butter, right? Yeah. So make it's that like, happen. Give it to them. Yeah. It's- it's like, okay, EA shift gears. They're like, okay, we thought, you know, single-player games were dead. Turns out they're not. Well, how can we keep longevity with the player? Uh, make an open-world game that's forever endless. And just forever. support it with content and keep them there forever. You know, and it's like, that's not always the, the right call either. More Jawas. More Jawas. To run over. Yeah, just copy and paste Jawas all over Jawas, the place. Put them in yeah. fucking Hoth. Put them in Endor. Put them over in places they don't belong. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> Um, Back honestly, of a Pinto? I don't I'm understand. More excited for yep. the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. Honestly, yeah, like course. you already have that proof of concept in my mind. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for more solid Battlefront experiences down the line, where they keep supporting Battlefront Two, or maybe we get a Battlefront Three at some point. That is actually what fans wanted, you know. And then this mm-hmm. other one from EA Motive, like. I'm curious about what that is, you know? I don't. What does EA Motive typically do? What is their What studio? if it's a walking simulator where you play as General Akbar? Oh. Right? Hmm. Right? Going on an emotion. Like, he didn't die. What if he didn't die in The Last Jedi? He just, like, hmm. crash lands on some, like, deserted planet, and he learns how to love again and be a father. What if it's actually, like, a redemption story about all the characters who got shafted in the movies? So you have Akbar, you have um, Phasma... You know, you have the guy who got shot first in the, in the bar with Han. Uh, Greedo? Yeah. Give, give us his story. Greedo. Yeah. Greedo. <laughs> Greedo's revenge. Yeah. Give us, like, mini stories, you know? Yeah, I, I could be down with that. Ooh, how about the really hot one who's the star of Felicity in uh, Rise of Skywalker? What's her name? Oh, um... I forget her name. She had some sort of like it's like Torca Tortilla. Yeah, or some, she, some name she like was that. like the um, opposing <clears throat> character to Finn. Not Finn, sorry. Um, Poe. Poe, Poe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a little lovey dovey kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. Give me, give me a game about her. I don't know anything about. It. Give me a sneaking game. She sneaks around and she steals Star Wars stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds cool, right? I'm yeah, in. Just give me that. But I don't know. I I feel like. We run into this problem sometimes where, like, a franchise is hot or big again, and then they hit an, an oversaturation point where it's like, how many Star Wars games can we pump out? 
Ten. It's like, do we really need all that? Though? Eleven. Keep doing it. More. More. Oh, uh, can you get this out by fall 2020? No, I don't think we can. Oh, fuck off. You're done. Who's next? Next? Yeah. <laughs> and that's how it works. That's that's what it sounds like in EA right mm-hmm. now. They're like, who's first? Like, it's a like bidding war between the studios <laughs> of who can, like, accomplish a full-fledged Star Wars game fast enough. Hmm. And it's like, is this one buggy? Yeah, fuck it. They'll buy it anyway. And they're right. Everyone they're bought right. it anyway. And that game was totally a, right. a massive runaway success. Uh-huh. Yeah. So... Oh yeah, you know companies are going to take the wrong lesson from that. In fact, they haven't learned that lesson for in forever. Nope. Nope. Well, number four. Greedo's Revenge is a real get- no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number four is Atlas is aware that fans want Persona 5 on Switch. And that's really about it. That's really about I mean, it. There's, no, there's no call forever. to action, yeah. no nothing. Okay. They're aware. So at a preview event for the upcoming Persona 5 Royal, a re-release of the original game with extra content, IGN asked whether fans will ever see the mainline series on the Nintendo Switch. Atlas Communications Manager's uh, Ari Advincula, Advincula simply responded, quote, I am a strong believer in never, ever give up on hope end quote that's how i feel about greedo's revenge <laughs> yeah i want that game real yeah. bad right anyway she also went on to cement the fact that she like it's a it's kind of a buddy cop thing her and uh, felicity <laughs> or him and felicity greedo and felicity and maybe wado is kind of like their mentor yeah like oh he, god he checks in and goes, greedo <laughs> greedo my boy how's are you doing <laughs> get me the lightsaber cr- I, I don't know why i went arnold there anyway yeah. <laughs> She also went on to cement the fact that she is in no way a decision maker for such a port, and that Atlas, of course, isn't working on a port. However, she's been campaigning for a Switch port internally and suggests fans should continue letting Atlas know they want it. Quote, you want what you want. (laughs) And if you don't let us know it, we're never going to be able to make it. End quote. Now, while spinoff titles such as, right? Like Dang we're not so mad about we're this. not working on the port, but if you don't let us know that you want it, then we're not going to make it. Well, clearly, but we know that you want but it. But we know that you want it, but we're not going to do. But it. we're not going to do it. But keep on letting us know that you want. Yeah, it. because if you don't let us know, then we're never going to do but it. But we're not making like what the fuck is this? Like it's just ghost on me, Atlas. Don't give me the fucking back and forth where I meet up at a cafe. Uh, don't jerk me off, Atlas. Yeah, dude, I'm sitting at a cafe and I'm like I'm on my third coffee, waiting for this girl to show up. Mm. She's not coming. She's not coming at all. I get a text from her at fucking 11 p.m. Just going like I know you wanted to meet up <laughs> but tonight's not good i got sick let me wa- tell you what if you if you show up tomorrow between the times of 11 a.m and 5 p.m i might be there mm. that's atlas right now fuck you atlas you know we're here on the switch right now you idiots <laughs> we are playing the switch we will buy your persona fucking five scramble yeah. May- oh, anyway let me finish this <laughs> this story while spinoff titles such as persona q have made it to the nintendo 3ds persona's numbered entries have never ventured away from playstation systems the inclusion of persona 5's joker into smash brothers ultimate gave fans hope that the main title would also make it to the switch but so far only persona 5 scramble an omega force developed spinoff similar to hyrule warriors is slated for the console yeah so like what the fuck hey let me go back what the fuck atlas <laughs> You fuck you you fuck you the only joker here is you Atlas. <laughs> this is bullshit. Put it on the fucking switch. Like what's the big idea? Like what does it really matter? I don't think people understand why uh, people have such vitriol for getting on the switch. It's called motherfucking Persona 4 Golden mm-hmm. on the PS Vita. Let people into a world where I can land my back with my dick out playing a Persona game Whoa. instead of logging on to like my PS4 or PS3. And people are like this is the future. 
I, I'm, I'm sitting on a train playing Persona. I, I'm sitting at work not working mm. playing Persona. Yeah. You won't let us do that, Atlas? You're putting this other bullshit on here? No, don't get me wrong. I'm going to get scrambled. Oh, yeah. I love my Dynasty. It I love my Warriors. Hot. It looks hot as fuck. When the Japanese demo hit, uh, what was it, PS4 and Switch, mm-hmm. uh, the screenshots and videos look so fucking cool. It's fucking good. I've like, never, really I've never seen a Warriors game like that, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's a very interesting yeah. blend. Maybe that is that the testing ground? They're going to be like, oh, throw this fucking game on the Switch and see if they want it. Dude, people are screaming that they want it. You have this person who works you know. for you. You, know you have a person that works for you going around, like, knocking on doors, going, like, you know they want it on the Switch. Like, what is the, why won't they do it, Daniel? Because they hate the gamers. They hate the gamers. Yeah, they're like, it's just a game. Don't worry about it, you know? <laughs> That's a weak mindset. <laughs> like, Atlas, you have a weak mindset. <laughs> so i mean i mean here's where i'm at i agree with you i agree with everybody else that uh, persona 5 persona in general proper those games make sense on the switch as most jrpgs do like that's the switch is a jrp jrpg machine like let it live there you know like Mm -hmm. it's right for the experience yeah i don't see the problem with it but i'm i'm sure there's a lot more that goes into it you know than than just doing a simple port like you know yeah, but like we're we're not talking about trying to stuff cyberpunk onto the Switch, man. Mm-hmm. Like this this game, Persona Five, originally came out on the PlayStation Three. Yeah, it will work on your Switch. It is just one company in the way. Mm. Atlas, and it's not like Atlas hasn't played ball with Nintendo, Nintendo so often in the past. Like they <laughs> fucking have put so many games on Nintendo consoles and handhelds. Tokyo Mirage Sessions yeah. is a Fire Emblem slash Persona like spinoff game that's on the Switch. What the hell? Trauma Center by Atlas on the <laughs> DS. Yeah, you great game. Name, you know, you get that was a deep cut. That was a real deep cut. <laughs> any other Atlas games? <laughs> that's the only one I can remember, but I know, I know that. Did Catherine come out for the fucking Switch? I don't think so. No. No? No, they're afraid to put that on the Switch. They're afraid. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about fear. Also, let's jump off here. I mm-hmm. also made a note. So apparently when Persona 5 Royal comes out mm-hmm. uh, March 31st, by the way, kids. So yep. excited for it. Journalism. I'm going to get that fucking steelbook. It's going to be a little altered. Mm-hmm. They altered some scenes that were considered homophobic. They got feedback that like, yo, this is borderline homophobic. Mm-hmm. And I've seen the scenes too. Like I watch online. I'm just like, yikes, bikes, basically. <laughs> so, but of course, the moment that a game gets localized, people go, oh, you're censoring it. Yeah. So the censorship conversation's coming back. You have people online, like, I I think I saw it today, where somebody was just like, just fucking kill me already if you're going to censor all of our games. He really said that. I'm just like, are you kidding? It's just a game. It's just a game. I'm trying to tell people, it's just a game. It's going to be the name of this episode. It's just a game. <laughs> Y'all need to rain it the fuck in. And also, it's not censorship, man. If it's mm-hmm. culturally insensitive, they need to localize that mm-hmm. shit. Just in the same way, like if a game like Borderlands comes out or something, mm-hmm. right? And there's decapitations, they gotta cut that shit out because that's not good for like Japan's. Like we're really sensitive to that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, it's not like they're Is saying we're taking it out of everything. We're just no. altering it for North American audiences and recontextualizing to it. tailor to a region because yeah. otherwise it's gonna cause up a little shitstorm, right? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be like, yo, what the fuck is this? Why I, is this here? I respect them having the the foresight to know better and to do better maybe they should alter it you know across all different versions across every region but you know no see that's the thing too that people were mentioning they're like they're not doing that Mm -hmm. like atlas was like yeah okay we agree with you but that had to be raised by i believe the north american front Mm. uh because they do have like an internal review do you remember square enix has a very similar thing when they were doing final fantasy 7 remake yeah with the honeypot the ethics board (laughs) basically yeah exactly and it it comes from this thing where japan obviously has different values and different 
humors and different sensitivities Mm -hmm. totally understand that right but at the same time when you like port some shit over here and Mm -hmm. there's stuff about like i don't know just here's an outlandish example stuff that sexualizes like 14 year olds Mm -hmm. right which is not that uncommon for japanese games isn't that that's persona 5 right like (laughs) isn't there literally like like, wait a second isn't that (laughs) person yes it is yes you're right isn't there a scene with like a gym teacher Yes, there is. That gets really fucking weird. And also, there's a high school student in a fucking skin-tight cat suit the Mm -hmm. entire game. People are like, oh, yeah! And it's like, that's a teenager. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? So these things don't land right in different cultures. So is it censorship to, like, modify the content so Mm -hmm. it doesn't offend the fuck out of people? Mm -hmm. Especially if it looks like it's kind of backwards in thought and the progress that mm-hmm. we've made in a certain region i, I don't i don't know i don't view it as sjw's ruining video games right like that's just how it goes sometimes mm-hmm. things get localized things get changed mm. iron man fucking three when it released in china for instance okay. yeah yeah you look Where out you look out us? look out <laughs> china had all these additional scenes that involved actual like chinese actors not only to drum up support for the film uh-huh. in china but also to Basically, all the scenes were, like, super patriotic. Like, China helped Iron Man save the whole world and mm-hmm. stuff like that, right? And it's like, do you look at that and go, like, this is censorship? No, 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 no. It's a modification to the content so that it actually is localized to the locale that it comes out in. Mm-hmm. You, just, you just, that's how it is, right? Makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Weird, weird, weird stuff, right? I mean... I respect companies Careful. when they do these things. It's just the outlash from from gamers or fan communities where it's like you're really getting that bent out of a shape, like bent out of shape about it. Mm-hmm. Like you get Japanese media gets away with so much else. What does it matter that they altered a scene just a little bit, mm-hmm. just because it's a little insensitive? Maybe maybe that's maybe in 2020 that's the right thing to do. But if you you're know? confused, what we're talking about there's uh, two gay characters in the game that are portrayed as being stereotypical and also predatory to mm. high school students. Mm-hmm. And it's done for for a goofy haha. They're mm. not like integral characters of the game. They're not villains. They're not anything. They're just there as a goof. Not that cool. So it gets fucking mm-hmm. edited. Yeah, yeah. I know I know in Japan, like they'll keep it. Like that'll just be like their norm because yeah, like keep it. that's how they, they roll. Um but kudos to Atlas for, for doing that. Companies should do it more and more. Um because it's just like just because something was made in a contextual cultural uh lens doesn't mean it's always right, you know, for every audience, or maybe it's not right at all for the greater audiences, you know. But yeah, I think it's a fine decision, especially if mm-hmm. it impacts somebody's enjoyment for the rest of the game, yeah, which is a exactly. great game, right? Yeah, so. to think that there are people um who identify as like, you know, LGBTQA or gay or have like those identity claims and they play that game and they're like, wow, this actually offends me. Like this is a game, a franchise that I love, and it's like this is kind of irresponsible, you know, to That's portray a bad taste people in your this mouth, way. Right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So there you go. Good mm-hmm. on you. Are you excited for Persona 5 Royale at all? Or no? Um, I have no reason to get it. Yeah. I have no reason because I didn't finish Persona 5 proper and I own that game. Mm. So I would prefer that I just buckle down with that whenever I, I feel like I need to. Because I think it's a great game. Yeah. And it's one of the first, or sorry, not one of the first, but one of the only turn-based games that I really enjoy. Because mm-hmm. by and large, I don't like turn-based combat that much. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll see. Maybe I'll get Royal on sale. Hey, I'll definitely get Royal if it comes out for Switch. <laughs> hey, Ari, company, you listening? Put it on the Switch. Ari's listening. Yeah. She knows. She knows. But you got to keep on saying something. <laughs> but they're aware. Yeah. We'll tweet her. But also remind them. <laughs> They'll forget tomorrow. 
Here's the thing that uh, gamers won't forget tomorrow. Number five on here, we got a new Animal Crossing Direct that uh, people Horizons? Are... The new Horizon. The Horizon is almost here. What, what? And people went nuts over it. I happened to just accidentally wake up at like six something a.m pacific time and happened to just like roll onto twitter i'm like oh yeah the animal crossing direct is happening i roll i fucking open up twitch and i watched across like two or three different streams just people reacting and you know enjoying all the features that they're gonna get in this new iteration of this console uh animal crossing and it was some massive changes to some animal massive crossing. changes yeah huge right you could fucking behead mr Rossetti. it's wild who uh he's a character okay yeah you're allowed to get in there with a shovel and actually hack his head off wow. the shoulder it's wild wow that's yeah. Great. Yeah. I want it. Yeah. It's like a it's a horror crossing. Listen, they were like, Oh, we had to share the spotlight with Doom. How do we outshine Doom? Okay, so that's the crossover right yeah. there, right? <laughs> Decapitations and fucking Cena demons or whatever it is. What's the eyeball one that shows up? What uh, if he what if he like gives you land? <laughs> cyber demons are out cyber there. Cyber demons are land. out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's why it. you had to leave your original island because it's just infested. <laughs> it's, it's all fucked. The hell took over over there. Yeah. So um I didn't quite, like, take notes on this or anything. I kind of oh, wow. just, like, ordered it uh, from a few sites. You internalize Animal Crossing information because it's, like, one of your most anticipated games. Yeah, yeah I get of that. Of course. Actually, so I approached you. I was like, I want to be the Animal Crossing correspondent for this episode. The uh, Tom ACC? Nook ACA? sent me AC. on a boat to America to tell the gamers about this game that they're already excited about. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, take me on a chill ride, I think? On a chill ride. It's supposed so, to be chill. Tom Nook himself presented this Animal Crossing Direct to us in his yes, little did. Uh, thought bubbles and, and did his thing. And it was an Animal Crossing Direct in three parts. I think it was like, here's what you know, here are the new things coming, and then here's down the line. So it was kind of like a three-part uh, installment. And then there was FAQs at the end, too. So, like, there were, they, yeah, it was it was interesting this the way they did business presentation Well, he's a businessman. That's the thing. Okay. The Direct was on February 20th. 2020 so i don't know if you want to know that but you know that that was a thing didn't care um i pulled most of the information here from polygon this is the biggest announcements from the animal crossing new horizons nintendo direct this is by julia lee you're allowed to choose your island layout in your hemisphere which is i guess a new feature where it's before you just kind of got landlocked to wherever they wanted to put you wherever tom nook or isabel is like you're gonna live here now they're giving you the option of uh four places to kind of choose from which is kind of nice okay so you'll be able to choose from your four island options to find your desired layout meaning you won't have to start completely over to get a layout you like you can also select what hemisphere you want your island to be in so it'll experience different seasons during different times of the year which is that's kind of dynamic we don't know where that island is we have no idea where it is there's anybody there could be one in the galapagos one in borneo one in australia you know animal crossing outback is that a place yeah borneo borneo it's a jungle is it near burma yeah i think so i think it's cool. near burma i think it's in southeast asia somewhere around okay there. We're learning. i don't know i'm very far away from my uh geography lessons uh anyway second bit on here place where your villagers homes will go so this is a thing where like animals just infest whatever town you live in and they move in where the wherever the fuck they want you know it's real life man. it's just real life they just like uh i want to live in that house and you don't have any say in it well you get to choose where these people live now you get to make plots for them and it's kind of neat uh, new villagers will no longer just plot their homes down wherever ruining your landscaping you'll decide where they go yourself they have to ask you you gotta help yeah they gotta ask you so it's like your 
you're the landlord this time. Yeah, but you are basically Tom Nook. You know, you're so making yeah. What's the calls. he doing? What's he? What's he? What's the take? He's just a facilitator. A you know, he still needs your right? money, so he has to like be there. Okay, <laughs> he's okay. a venture capitalist. Gotcha, gotcha, and, a, and a, actually a monopolist at this point. <clears throat> um, you can even place a spot for a future rev- resident before they move in. So, I mean, if you're particular about your talents, that's kind of cool. You get to choose little plots and kind of make your own Animal Crossing kingdom. You know. So you said if you're particular. If you're particular, I'm sure there's a lot of players out there that are very particular. When about it comes their to towns. Animal Crossing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very particular. Oh my god. Gotcha. gotcha. Um. Next bit. Up to eight people can be on one island via multiplayer. Look out! Look out! It's wow. gonna be an animal party. It's fucking National Lampoon's Animal House. Yo, dude. <laughs> You'll be able to visit other islands using a service called Oh, service. You'll be able to visit other islands using a service called Dodo Airlines at the airport, with up to eight people being able to play together at once. You can also have up to eight residents on one island playing on one copy of the game, though only four can play it on local multiplayer at once so the way they kind of displayed it was like eight separate profiles on one switch that are all using like the same like cartridge but you can all inhabit the same island you're just doing your own thing which is kind of yeah neat. i was gonna ask you about that mm-hmm. i've never played uh one of these animal crossing uh games before mm-hmm. what do you do together in animal crossing games yeah like what would you do together so a Let's lot of bugs a or lo- you want to move tables with me? Yeah, you want to come in and like maybe rotate the house. Do you want to rearrange you my want, house? You want to rearrange? But you want to put a ladder in a spot where there was no ladder before? Oh wow! You want, you want to terraform with me? Wow! You, okay. So a lot of it was just kind of like trading, I believe. So like much like Pokemon, where it's like, oh, I can like use my old Pokemon link, and I can send you Pokemon via my Pokedex to yours. It's like here, let me trade you things for your town. Let me give you a painting. Let me give you shirts that you can wear for your animal friends. You know, <laughs> it's like really basic multiplayer integration. Whereas this like. It allows you to kind of like live in the world a little more uh, freely with people, you know, people can like, you can designate things to people. So if you came into my town and I was like, Hey, Kevin, like, I want to give you the shovel that you can use. This is Kevin's shovel, right? You can decapitate Tom Nook if you want with it. I don't know why I'm still stuck on that. You're really on this decapitation (laughs) front, man. But that's the thing you could do, um, you know, but this is a shovel I can give you. So you can now designate things to people, which is kind of neat. They're giving people, you know, more freedom, which is, I guess what the fans want. Yeah. So, um, you can agency. Com- I mean, can- we're, we're locked in the post post capitalism society thanks to Tom Nook, mm-hmm. who's basically like a little Bezos, and yeah. uh, you know, you everyone rolls up to him. But basically, what you're telling me is that I can have my friends come over in like local or online multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Come into my house, get jealous of the things I have, mm-hmm. and figure out how they have to burn themselves through the capitalistic mm-hmm. system to get a good enough or better house as well so like this could be like kind of a i don't know man it it could be a bad situation i feel like we're getting back to parasite yeah there we go (laughs) (laughs) what's the director's name oh uh look it up jim jing boon uh the director of parasite is bong joon ho so this is bong joon ho's new horizons (laughs) <laughs> would you want i want an animal crossing movie directed by bong joon ho that'd be great that would be amazing it right? would it would have so much satire and social commentary because it would yeah. be like equal parts like animal farm right and then parasite like a lot of tension <laughs> yeah. between you and your neighbors mm-hmm. about stuff and it's just like fucking is is daniel terraforming our streets yeah <laughs> what is he gaslighting me to make me think that he isn't but he really is Can he do that he's got more bells than me it's yeah. obvious he's got more bells than he's me. look at that just, home he left me a note that said it's just a game don't worry about it but like you know 
<laughs> can we can we call this episode Dear Ninja? It's just a game. Dear Ninja. <laughs> Dear Ninja is just <laughs> a game. Call that. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, another bit on here, complete achievements to earn Nook Miles. Okay, wow. Nook Miles can be used to buy items or to pay off some of your dreadful loan because you're in a fucking 25 years to life loan when it comes to tom nook and co after <laughs> all going on a fancy vacation isn't free achievements will have you catching fish or bugs so it's animal crossing uh what else is here uh stuff from new leaf and happy home designer will be in portable as well as stuff from pocket camp so they're doing some integration with previous installments which the is pretty fuck cool. is pocket camp it was the one that came to phones that people really liked okay i didn't play it you uh, didn't did you play any of them i played a little bit of city folk city folk that was the gamecube yeah that's the only one i've really played so here's my thing i've always what was the first one i don't remember i don't know if it was just called animal (laughs) was there was there a first one there had to have been right i don't think so uh, you're gonna <laughs> yeah there we go yeah hey man you're my animal crossing uh, uh, that's true uh correspondent it's funny here. that i chose to do this when i am the least knowledgeable on animal crossing yeah. games yeah and <laughs> people are probably like really hurting over this conversation right now the, oh yeah they're dying on the inside right now they probably think it's the cutest fucking thing ever they're super excited that they can like make little waterfalls and shit mm-hmm. you know what i really want to talk about because this is all fascinating i i don't care but there's a grave site yeah. There's been pictures from the direct of a gravesite hidden behind some trees, meaning these animals die eventually. Right? They do die, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Mortality is a thing in the <laughs> Animal Crossing world. Well, there's a scene where your your animal crosser gets like attacked by bees and he fucking yeah. like has an allergic reaction and fucking goes into shock and dies. That can go south. That can go south. That can go south real So this quick. is like the, the fucking Dark Souls of Animal Crossing games. I hope it is. I yeah. hope it's re- just really rigidly like it, ta- it takes inspiration from the forest, mm-hmm. right? Like animal cannibals. Yeah. Animal cannibals show up. <laughs> Eli Roth's <laughs> Animal Crossing. Sons of the Horizons. <laughs> what was it? Sons of Nook? <laughs> Sons of the Nook. Sons yeah. of Nook. There we go. <laughs> um, Okay, so yeah. there, I guess, have been five mainline <clears throat> Animal Crossing games. The first one was on N64, which is Animal Crossing. <laughs> there was Wild World, City Folk, which was for GameCube, New Leaf, which was the one for 3DS. Okay. And then Happy Home Designer was another one. And then New Horizon is the, the next big one. So I why, don't, why do I think that there were way more? I don't know. Like 15 of them? Like, I thought there were like 70. God. Where did I go with this? Uh, things that people were getting crazy about. So one of my favorite things about watching people uh, stream along to the Animal Crossing Direct was just kind of seeing the things that they got stupid excited about. And it's little things like, oh my god, I can wear all these different shirts. Oh my god, I can rotate my home. Oh my god, I can terraform. And like, they were going nuts. Because that's how Animal Crossing fans are. Give them a little, they'll fucking... They're, they're fed for years, you know? Mm-hmm. So one of the ones is you can decorate your homes from an overhead view, which I feel like is something that the Sims been doing for years uh, <laughs> yeah i don't know that that would be an improvement i have no basis hear for... this kevin you yep. don't have to stand around where you want to place furniture anymore you can do it freely with your character what? in the way what? it's like it's god mode enabled what? you're playing god for these animals sense. Yeah. uh next big thing on here is you'll be able to terraform your entire island yeah, okay. which is kind of cool i guess like when when you look at old or I should say long-running Nintendo franchises, right? Like Pokemon, Zelda, Mario, Animal Crossing. It's like, how do you do something Pikmin. different? Pikmin. Oh, God. <laughs> give us Pikmin 4. Give it. How do you iterate and make a game feel new while kind of giving something to fans that feels 
right for them. That's something that services them. And, like, you can't change the Animal Crossing dynamic too much because, like, fans will get pissed. But I think this is a clever merging of two worlds where it's, like, it's kind of bringing Minecraft into the picture a little bit where it's, Mm. like, terraform your island, you know, kind of shape it, make it the way you want it to be. Like, you know, I saw people just fucking digging out rock and making waterfalls or, like, making a giant skull, like, from the Goonies. And it's like, oh, we're on Skull Island, you know? It's pretty wild. They made a giant skull? No, they didn't. From the Goonies? I made that up. Oh, that's gonna be my. I got me island. a little excited. Yeah, yeah. That's you can come to my island. I'll do it. Uh I would want to make a horror island, right? Okay. Yeah, real spooky island. <laughs> Just real fucked up. Tom Nook's House of a Thousand Corpses. It would be more like um, what's that movie with Marlon Brando? Island of Doctor Monroe. Monroe. Yeah, yeah. that would be what it's Island like of Doctor Nook. <laughs> the island of Doctor Nook. Yeah. After receiving a permit, you can only make paths, or you can not only make paths, but extend or remove rivers and even cut out some land. The cranks up the island customization to so eleven in this game, as you can truly make your island into whatever you want. Like you could make up things at yeah. this point. I don't just fucking believe you. you Random. Like, you could fall in love with the animal people yeah. and, and sleep in the same bed with them <laughs> and finger bang each other for stat boosts. <laughs> You're like, wait, I couldn't do that. I'm the just like, time. oh, really? Yeah. The N64 I guess didn't have the finger banging no. mechanic. No, right? they took it out. Z targeting. Uh, <laughs> targeting underneath the covers <laughs> daniel get, get get to the goods here man uh, what's happening free updates we'll add holidays okay so what, why? Uh, so, uh, so you know this Shit. is a lot of stuff that like is really exciting so for tired. fans kevin you gotta let them have their excitement uh, yeah you know? sure and this is sure. coming from somebody who doesn't uh, give a shit about uh, animal crossing what am I, what did i go online to say infamously i hope this game never comes out you but did now, say that march is around the you corner and that. i'm kind of into it you know yeah you're and thinking maybe, about picking it up maybe right? it was like seeing like my favorite content wow. creators get stoked about it i'm like you know maybe this will be the distressor that i need from you know doom you know i was thinking i was thinking about the same thing where it's like a lot of the games that i play are pretty high octane pretty Mm -hmm. high stress right yeah and i think that i need a game that doesn't stress me out but i don't think it's animal crossing i Mm. think it's another game coming out this year um it is called man eater where you get to play as a baby shark that grows into an adult shark Mm -hmm. and eats and kills people in an open world environment from tripwire games and i think that's going to be my catharsis that's going to be your catharsis yeah just like i don't know if you can terraform in the game but you can certainly form some terror in the hearts of those fuckers i'm sure it'll have cloud save support i oh yeah what's going on there man? <laughs> which is something animal crossing won't have yet why so this is going to be the last kind of update um that i'm going to shout out here because it was kind of interesting um animal crossing new horizons won't support cloud saves yet uh this comes from GameSpot. quote animal crossings new horizons is one of the few switch games that does not support cloud saves at e3 2019 producer hisashi nagomi explained that the reason for this is to prevent players from manipulating time within the game and cheating Previous entries in the series have similarly disallowed players from backing up their save files, so this isn't entirely surprising, and it is hardly the only Switch title with the restriction. Another quote, quote, this does not support the save data cloud functionality of Nintendo Switch Online. However, the ability to recover Animal Crossing New Horizons save data from the server in the event of console failure, loss, or theft will be available to Nintendo Switch Online members sometime in the future. Huh. like okay why why not have it why is it like what let me tell you what i'm unimpressed that sounds like capitalist fear i am unimpressed if i want my little stupid fucking island mm-hmm. that i shape like a penis inevitably <laughs> yeah. to be halloween 
year goddamn round i should be able to do that who are they hurting i didn't under is there a competitive scene in uh in uh animal crossing i didn't know about the ninja say hey nintendo we can't we can't do this because it's like it, it goes against a competitive spirit like what, what what's going on here right yeah you're horrible human beings for you allowing yourself to, to by allowing save cloud saves. Yeah, like, come on, man. Just chill out. Nintendo. I don't know. It just seems like one of those features at this point that, like, is kind of a given when you see, like, we, we talked about this off air where um, Microsoft and Sony are more in the tech game than Nintendo has ever been in terms of, yeah. like, you know, software techs or cloud technology and so for sony something like this is a no-brainer like so much of your data is saved to the cloud in the event that you have hardware failures or lose data and it's like it's there it just seems like so much of nintendo's online infrastructure is still fumbling like three years into the console which is just crazy to me it's fucking crazy to me that they haven't figured this out yeah it 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 (laughs) just sounds like it's enforcing behaviors out of your user base and your user base is like if you notice that they're doing something like that like all right how about you actually understand why they're doing it Mm -hmm. is it cheating or are they just trying to unlock like extra bullshit and all that and then it's Mm -hmm. like well why don't we just find more opportunities for them to unlock shit instead of saying i gotta play my animal crossing all fucking year every fucking day which some people will do no undoubtedly like this is granted some people like evergreen game that they play like every day of the year they keep going back to it it's their chill forever game. sure respect to that right yeah you know i don't know i don't think it's that harmful right i i really don't either you know it's like it's it's whatever if it's something that people want maybe you should consider it you know i just think it just speaks to the class disparity that is uh within Mm -hmm. animal crossing games right it's just tom nook trying to keep the people down it's like oh if you have a corrupted fucking save file fuck it you gotta buy a new game you gotta buy a new switch you're getting off the island yeah you're getting you're gone fuck the package that we gave you you're gone i hope you love building your fucking house in the middle of the ocean you goddamn idiot (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's Tom Nook. Can I write for Tom Nook? <laughs> you don't got enough bells? Go to hells. Oh. Like <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, exactly. Hells bells. Hells bells. Well, cool. This game sounds like a video game filled with stuff and things and features. People are going to love it. And I don't know. Like, I've been yeah. kind of lukewarm about it in the past. And it's not I, something I'm going to pick up day one. I think I'm back to lukewarm about it. Yeah. yeah I just, I don't shit. know. I think it looks <clears throat> cute and ambient and fun. And, like, I have to want to play that sort of game as a thing. And I don't often get in the mood to play that sort of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, I don't know. There are sharks and dinosaurs. And you get to collect fossils. And, oh, yeah. Maybe it is kind of lame. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's land this puppy let's do it all right buddy guys thank you so much for listening to the save room it is the only video game podcast that exists it's the only video game podcast on the cloud it's the only way you should listen to let's just start saying that like (laughs) imagine like if ninja has the balls to go around and call people horrible people for saying it's just a game we should go around and be like this is the only fucking video game podcast that you need to listen to i mean we basically (laughs) have done it for the last like 20 episodes yeah it was a bit but now let's get real serious. No, it's about respect <laughs> <laughs> um like kevin said at the beginning of the episode you can find us all over the the sound sphere uh spotify soundcloud itunes stitcher google play Castbox, rss feeds everywhere we didn't plug it earlier but you can also find us on twitch kevin over at twitch.tv slash the red herb me over at twitch.tv slash dungeons and daniels and you can also find us on twitter at save room show tweeted us tweeted us Tweet us your terraformed island. Yeah, we want to see your weird Animal Crossing happening. See your crazy bullshit. Somebody make the house from Parasite. 
I want to see that. Somebody did that in Dreams, and it was really oh, cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because that house doesn't exist in real life. They made it for the film. It's all a set. Oh, okay. Yeah. Man, the more I hear about Parasite, the more fascinated I am. You should really it. see like, it. Like, it seems like a really cool film. Like It's a really, it's a really like cool I, like the, I told you earlier, I saw the three-minute fil- um, scene that was out of context where they're kind of doing, like, the staging of, like, what the con. And I was like, oh, this is shot really well. It seems like the writing's really sharp, and it all translates really well, even yeah, through, like, good. subtitles. Like, fuck, dude. It's all good shit. Yeah, so that, that, one's, got, that one's got me. Me hype. Watch that. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do after this. I'm gonna go go watch it. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate the fuck out of y'all, and uh, yeah, have a good night. Bye.